Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Veda. And welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar, The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. And today we're talking about episode four. The Warriors of Kiyoshi. I always remember that this was one of my favorite episodes uh, when I would ever do a rewatch. Um, oh, I just really? Thought this, yeah, I think I, I, maybe it wasn't my favorite, but it was just an episode I gravitated towards or it was just always odd. I think this episode, I just always think of Avatar. It's just like a good in the middle kind of episode, you know, not a lot of plot happens or mm-hmm. not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of forwarding of the plot, but I still really enjoy this episode when I watched it. Um, you know, I earlier. We're getting into now, like we're getting into the journey, right? Like we're we're learning more about the world. Um, it starts to build. I think the first two episodes now on rewatch, like I think they're coming into their stride, like as creators, as the art, as characters too. Like there's enough development that we can we're at the point where they're just taking things on on their own in the story. Yeah. Like in, I take improv classes and something that they say in the class is to build the world around you. So -hmm. I feel like this is a really good episode where it's building the world around us. So Mm -hmm. yeah, um, this episode debuted on March 4th, 2005. So it's more than 15 years old, which is just crazy to me. (laughs) And it's actually the first episode where Aang, Katara, and Sokka entered the Earth Kingdom because as we'll find out, a very famous Earth Kingdom person founded the island cool so in the first scene we see Zuko meditating on his fire ship he's in front of four different flames meditating and we see this dragon idol in front of him and he seems to be very at peace but then Uncle Iroh comes in and interrupts him and you know Iroh is like we have some news and and Zuko's like I only want news if it's uh about the avatar And first of all, it's just kind of weird to imagine Zuko even like praying or meditating and seeing him in that like Zen state. Yeah, because honestly, we usually only see him very angry. He probably should meditate more since he is angry all the time. (laughs) But you know, so Uncle Iroh comes in um, and he's like, I don't want to be interrupted. But Iroh does have news. It's not great news, but Zuko's like, I am supposed to be a leader, so I won't have a um, I won't have a hot head if it's not the best news. So just tell me. And Iroh's like, we don't know where the avatar is, which honestly is not news. It's just yeah, the like, status wh- quo. Like the, nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And then obviously maybe that's what gets Zuko mad. It's like, that's not news. Zuko erupts into anger. Um, so, so much for that level head. <laughs> I know. So then we see the map and it shows like just all these different islands and that it has X's where the avatar has been spotted. So Zuko's like looking at the map map and he's like, oh wow, the avatar is this master of evasive maneuvering. He's so hard to capture that then there's a cut and we see Sokka looking at a map. And I like that. I like that cinematography of, of them looking at the same exact map. Uh, trying to figure out the coordination and it goes into you know the gang together and you could see they have different lines on the map as well i love how Sokka's just like you have no idea where you're going like he's not a master of maneuvering or cutting he's just a confused little boy he's 12 like i don't know what they expect of him <laughs> i know it's just like it's a perfect transition like the way that the map has been um like used between the between zuko and Sokka. i loved that Yeah, I thought that was um, a really fun scene or a really cool scene. Um, But while we're on, you know, Appa at this point, Aang is just kind of staring at Katara while she's doing her work. And it's so clear to Aang, 
it's so clear to Sokka that Aang has a huge crush on Katara. Oh my god, it's so bad. Like, he is so lovesick. Like, he's basically like the hard eye emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure because he, like, he grew up with monks, he probably doesn't have a lot of great interactions. And he's been in a block of ice for 100 years. He doesn't have a lot of great interactions with women. Like, he doesn't know how to talk to them at this point. He is 12. So. Yeah, he's 12. Like, he's just still, he's still really awkward. And he's trying to get her attention. And she's sitting on Appa and she's sewing something. And he's like, I want to show you a trick. And he takes a marble and he makes it spin between his hands using airbending. And it's mm-hmm. funny. It looks like a fidget spinner. Yeah. Um, he's like, look at this. I also like in that scene where he's like, Momo, get me my marbles. Like he's trained Momo so well, so quickly. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, um, you know, Katara doesn't really say anything. Like she's distracted, but. That's such a mom move, though. Like, you know, when kids are like, mommy, mommy, look at me, and they're busy. Yeah. She's just like, oh, that's great. Um, It was just very mom-like. I don't know if this is something we could talk about now, but, you know, um, the whole, like, Katara Aang love story, I personally just don't get a lot of the time. Like, it seems like this, or I don't believe that they should be together at the end. Um, It's so, it's, I was like, it's just awkward sometimes because she comes off as really motherly. Mm-hmm. so many times that and like they're kids right so like I guess they're different stages of maturity but they can still really like each other so maybe they do grow into it and I feel like their love is faded or like from the first episode like there's some destiny like time some like karmic thing tying them together but it is I hate some of the love scenes in this those crush scenes because I'm like she seems so like a mom she's a mom so it's kind of a weird um Oedipus type of thing <laughs> like falling in love with his mom (laughs) it's uh I don't know like some of that stuff just reads weird but I think it is cute that Aang has such a monster crush and like he's so sweet and innocent when he acts on it Mm -hmm. and I feel bad for Sokka too because I'm like oh my god being a third wheel in that yeah that's true but within this scene we see that you know Katara is sewing and Sokka's like, don't mess with the woman when she's sewing and just saying these kind of like misogynistic stuff. Like girls are good at sewing and cooking and men hunt and fight. And, you know, after I've just wa- rewatched a show and this is like maybe the third time I've watched the show, I'm kind of disappointed in Sokka. I never really realized how sexist some of the things he said were at the beginning of the yeah. show, right? It's just kind of been like a thread through, you know, the first three episodes. I kind of get it, like, just because his dad's gone and, like, the island thing. But he he comes off as a jerk sometimes. Yeah, for sure. But good thing that Katara, seriously, she does not, like, let it slide. She does call him out on his sexism all the time. Yeah, for sure. And that's why he has a hole in his pants, because <laughs> she refused to sew for him. Which I think is funny that Sokka's pantless, because as we'll see later in the episode, he goes pantless again. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so Aang is like, yeah, you know, it's fine that you're not wearing pants, because where we're going, they don't need pants. And then you're like, aren't they supposed to be going to the North Pole? <laughs> Yeah, like you're going to need pants if it's going to be that cold. But instead of the North Pole, we head down to the beach to make a little pit stop. Sokka is very much like, we don't need this pit stop. We stopped yesterday. Uh, we need to get to that North Pole. We got to get you guys to learn water bending. But Aang is not having it. Aang is saying that Appa's tired. And Appa kind of plays along. It takes him a little longer than expected to play into that. Like, I love Appa's it. teeth. Like, I think his teeth, like how blunt his teeth are, make him so cute. (laughs) 
he is so cute. I love, I love Appa. Um, my friend just had a baby and our other, and they love Avatar The Last Airbender and our other friend got the baby uh, Appa plush oh, toy. Oh my God. He's so cute. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the real reason why they're at the beach is so Aang can play with some elephant koi. He kind of wants to just basically impress Katara because I guess he realized that the marble trick doesn't work on her. So he needs to do something bigger to get her attention. Um, I love seeing all the different animals in this world, like an elephant koi. It's so big and huge. I would love to be in this world in real life. Me too. The animals are really cool. So he dives into the water and he's like swimming to the koi. And it's, the scene was really fun animation wise. Like he's surfing on these large koi fish and he's like, it's like basically like paraglide, not paraglide, like parasailing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely like parasailing. Um, I just think it was so fearless for him to ride something so big. He showed no fear when it came to something that big. I guess he's done it in the past, but I don't know. I would still he's be scared. He's a risk taker. He definitely sure. is a risk taker. I also love how, like, Katara is kind of like, wow, that's pretty cool he's doing that. But Sokka's like, are you kidding? The fish is doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> so Aang is, like, looking on the beach to see, like, if Katara is noticing him. And she is, but the minute that Aang looks, she's actually, like, distracted because Appa started to eat something. And then Aang kind of feels a little, like, down about it. Um, and he's not as paying attention. So, like, you can see that his crush is really growing. And there feels mm-hmm. like there's like a shadow. There's definitely something behind him. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, is it a Fire Nation ship? But Aang doesn't really notice, but it's actually a larger fish than these enormous elephant koi. So it's mm-hmm. like a huge creepy fish is behind him. Yeah. And then that's where we see it's like the Unagi, mm-hmm. which we learn about more in the episode. And Aang is not having it. He is running back to the beach. And I thought it was interesting that he's like running on the water, very Jesus-like in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like like he can't water bend yet like is he just using his airbending to I like think he's using his airbending to like propel him forward like in that speed yeah and he's just running so fast he like bumps into Sokka which I thought was cute like a little bit of Poor fun Sokka, like the butt of every joke like man it's hard to play that straight man character to you know to Aang Oh, for sure. I mean, I think also like after this scene, he's like, okay, we got to hit the road. We got to go. And you kind of see that Sokka is coming into his role as a leader of the group. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the one who's looking at the map. He's the one keeping everyone on schedule and kind of planning the days. But we see that they're not able to leave because they get ambushed by a bunch of warriors in green robes. I even thought they tied up everyone, but I loved how they tied up Momo. He like jumps up and he's like, and then they tie him in a bag. It's so cute. <laughs> and Sokka's kind of has a sense of humor about it because he was in such a uh, rush to leave. And now that they're tied up, he's like, well, I guess we're going to be staying here a while. <laughs> so the next scene opens up with the entire gang tied to this large pole. And they're surrounded by all of these warriors. And uh, like, I guess like a chairman of the town. Yeah. And they, the people take off the eye mask, like they're like wraps their eyes and they took it off. And we see that Sokka sees that they're all women. And he's like, where are the men that captured us? And they're like, there were no men. It's all us. We captured you. Um, and, you know, Sokka's shocked. He's like, but we got caught by a bunch of girls. Like, he doesn't even think that's possible. He's, oh my God, he's <sighs> getting put in his place. And Katara, like, sees that these women, the women warriors are getting mad. So she's like, oh yeah, yeah my brother, he can be in idiot sometimes like and why would you say that you're tied up and one of the warriors is like i'm gonna throw you to the onagi which is basically that creepy fish we saw earlier like 
don't just be as nice as possible when you're in a situation like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's where Ang steps in. He's like, oh, guys, like, we're not, we're not Fire Nation. We're not trying to do anything bad. We just literally came to this island because I wanted to ride the elephant koi. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because earlier in this episode, he talks about, I rode these elephant koi in the past. And he's 12. Like, how has he got around the world so quickly? Like, if I was a 12-year-old, I, the only place I've been to was, like, the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I haven't been anywhere else. <laughs> Uh, but Aang is like, we're just riding the elephant koi and the chairman of the town is worried that they're like Fire Nation spies. Like, how do we trust these people? We learn that this is the Earth Kingdom and that where they are is the Earth Kingdom and they've, they've avoided being in this hundred year war and they don't plan to get involved anytime soon. And then we learn that it's also Kiyoshi Island. Kiyoshi for Kiyoshi the woman who um, Aang is like, I know her. How do I know her? Um, and the chairman of the town is like, no way you can know her. She lived 400 years ago when she was the Avatar. And Aang comes in and he's like, I do know her because I am the Avatar. It's the first time that he admits that he is the Avatar. And you can see like, he's coming into his own here again and coming into his identity as the Avatar. Yeah, him remembering Kiyoshi. You could also see that Aang is getting more in touch with his Avatar spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's something he wanted to avoid, but just hearing that name, he knows that was a past life of his. Um, maybe in an episode earlier or two, he wouldn't have known that Kiyoshi was part of him. Yeah, and he's connected to her and connected to her like story and her journey because they have like that same spirit. Um, sure. But of course, they don't. People don't believe him, and they're like, "You can't be the Avatar. The Avatar was an Airbender a hundred years ago." Mm-hmm. In the previous episode, we saw that the lights were coming out of all these different temples. It kind of made it seem like everyone in the world would know about the Avatar, but it seems like people on this island aren't aware about the Avatar's back. So I wonder if it's because maybe people are slowly coming to realize that, so this island doesn't know about it, or maybe this island is very secluded because mm-hmm. they've avoided the war, so they don't know updates on it. Like, what do you think about that? I feel like a small subset of people know. Like, people who, mm-hmm. are, who are praying, people who are connected to the Avatar spirit, people who are, like, have been tracking it for years. So I'm sure there's a lot of, like, general citizens who don't know, but maybe, like, mm-hmm. just people who are more connected to it do know. So maybe they don't have, like, a priest or something who was keeping things up, which is, like, you can kind of tell because they're tied to a huge tower statue of avatar kiyoshi but like Mm -hmm. she's kind of left in disarray like she's been fading so i think maybe like they just are not as connected to where the avatar is although they do keep the warriors on the island are all women and they do keep up um with avatar kiyoshi's traditions yeah i thought that was interesting because it's literally called kiyoshi island but they're not as in tune with the avatar you think maybe maybe that statue would have lit up when he went into the Avatar state in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they don't believe that he's the Avatar, so the Kyoshi warriors begin to attack. But Katara's like, come on, Egg, do some bending or something to show you're an airbender. And that's when he's able to get out of the ties and he airbends, but he wants to show the marble trick, which I thought was so funny. It was like, oh, I'll show you this one cool airbending trick with marbles and that'll make you believe it. And it was really the scene. I'm so obsessed with this fidget spinner thing. Yeah, but it was was really him getting out of those ties and basically kind of flying that showcases that, yeah, he is the Avatar. (laughs) Um, People are really excited that the Avatar is here. It's kind of changing the 
pace around the village and people are cheering and clapping and we even see one guy foaming at the mouth from so much excitement and he passes um, out and we'll see, yeah and we'll see this character again but this is such a fun character uh, the show does a really good job of adding these interesting nuanced characters who have small parts within the show love these bit parts they're really funny yeah and then we see news of the Avatar coming and we see a little girl tell a fisherman about the Avatar. That guy with the fish talks to another man. And then we see that another man is talking to a Fire Nation person buying the fish, which then leads Zuko to learn about the Avatar. And he's like, what? Where is he? And it's so funny because the chef of the ship probably found out. But every intelligence person on his ship is like, I have no clue where Aang is. <laughs> He's like, I have no clue where the Avatar is. He's so cunning. We don't know what he's doing. And it's like this random chef who probably doesn't have a big role in the strategy of finding the Avatar finds out about it, which I think is funny. Look at the power of gossip over here. Um, so if they find out while they're having dinner and so they're in the middle of dinner and like Zuko is galvanized and he's like, okay, like let's go to Kyoshi Island. Let's get the Avatar, like prepare the rhinos. And Iroh's like, so yeah, are you going to finish your dinner? <laughs> I feel like overall Iroh is just not as interested in finding the Avatar. I think Iroh's whole entire game plan is just to protect Zuko mm -hmm. and make sure he's safe at all costs, which I love. But also Zuko's like, I'm going to save this dinner for later. So, <laughs> <laughs> And Iroh's like, I wanted to eat that. I would love to see like a, a random episode of an eating contest between Iroh and Sokka because both of <laughs> are always so hungry yeah who do you think would win in an eating contest though i think iroh i kind of think iroh too um i think iroh would accidentally fill up on tea though so <laughs> he would lose just because he filled up on tea and Sokka would be really at the end of the day Sokka's is going to be more competitive about it than iroh is about <laughs> the entire contest <laughs> okay so now we get to see what life is like for the gang on kiyoshi island and this part is fun because we actually haven't seen them in one place in a while like they've been traveling so much um, and they're really getting the royal treatment in the town so um, Katara and Aang are sitting in front of this beautiful spread of tons of different food uh, mm -hmm. the townspeople are cleaning and repainting the statue of Kyoshi they're being really well fed and Aang is kind of the middle school heartthrob and has a gang of girls following his every move yeah, I think it's interesting because you're right. This is the first time we're really seeing people greet the Avatar in a friendly way. So I think mm -hmm. Aang is really excited about that, especially because he's finally come to terms with becoming the Avatar and he's getting this great reaction from everyone. I think that really helps him boost his confidence a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but there is someone in the group who is being a sore loser, and that's Sokka. <laughs> he's being really petty about getting beat up by a bunch of girls, as he likes to say. Um, and he's so sad. He's not even eating. <laughs> and he's like, you're always hungry. What's wrong with you? Um, and I love that he's just making excuses. He's like, it doesn't count if it's a sneak attack, but it clearly does. Um, and he obviously go, he storms out, but he still steals food. And he's like, mm, this is actually pretty tasty, but he runs <laughs> off. I do wonder where his views come from, though. 
yeah do you think it was like talked to him from the water tribe i know you kind of mentioned it earlier but is it because you know his mom and dad aren't around and he's just coming up with these ideas on his own what do you think i really think it's a lot of it with his dad being gone and like his idea of like only the men in the village being warriors and like him trying to deal with that grief i think comes with that also it could be his age maybe he's in like that weird edgelord phase of growing up like <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes like that kind of time. But also like he does listen to his sister when she like calls him out on it. So I think it's good that he actually does have strong women in his life too. So hopefully he can get out of being a jerk. Yeah. And we do see he doesn't act like this for long. But I was just so shocked to realize he did act like this at one point. I know. So disappointed, Sokka. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But then we talk later about, you know, we get to Katara talking about like we shouldn't stay in one place for very long because let's think about it. Zuko is always on their trail. So staying in one place and, you know, as we saw word gets out that the avatars around, like they need to, they need to stay safe and they need to make everyone around them. Yeah. As well. And it's so. like, it's good that Katara is also thinking strategically that they need to leave. And, but Aang, he argues the other side. He's like, I'm making the people happy being here. Like, look at this town. Mm-hmm. Like there's a different, totally different energy here. And Katara, also sees his side too because she's like I'm really happy to see you coming into your own as the avatar and taking on that role as the avatar and feeling good about it but don't let it go to your head Mm -hmm. but then you know Aang is like I'm a simple monk of course I won't let it get to my head but we literally see like the next scene all this these women are they women or little kids all these little girls screeching and following him around, um, he has some super fans, some stands in the house. I love this whole like montage of him being like this big heartthrob. He's like running across the bridge. Girls are coming from the left. Their girls are coming from the right. Yeah, um, and and actually, I when I first watched this scene, I thought it was very reminiscent of you know the Beatles fandom. Yes, definitely. And it turns out that the animators actually the scenes where the girls are chasing Ang that's actually based on that Beatles film a hard day's night where oh my those God, girls really? were chasing the beatles yeah so it was actually taken from that and i love him doing the push-ups like that's such a bro thing to do like let me impress you with my push-ups <laughs> a lot of a uh, gender analysis happening in this yeah that's that is for sure <laughs> Um, and then we, you know, continue with the life on Kiyoshi Island. We see Sokka is kind of spying or trying to hang out with these Kiyoshi warriors. He's trying to fight them again to prove that he is a man and he can, you know, fight these these women. It, um, it's cool to watch them training because they fight with these fans. So it's like yeah. these delicate movements, wrist-like movements, but obviously they have a lot of strength. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. And the women are super strong, but... Sokka is like, oh, I'm sorry if I'm, you know, messing with your dance lessons. I was like, come on. They're clearly training. Um, Sokka wants to work out and, you know, try to fight these ladies. And he's saying things like, I'm the strongest warrior in my village, aka the only warrior in his village. I mean, callback, like he's training a bunch of toddlers. Yeah, like, come on. Like, I don't think you can really handle these ladies who kidnapped you in the first place. So yeah, we see that he's trying to demonstrate that he's the best warrior in the village, but he easily gets beaten up by, we learned Suki is her name. We see he gets beaten up by their lead woman with very little effort he's like barely breaking a sweat here like he's like punching and doing all this stuff and she just like sleight of hand ties him up and he's super embarrassed 
Yeah, and she even, like, tries to, like, toy with him right before they begin to fight. Like, oh, you're the strongest strongest warrior in the village? No way, no way. Like, just to make him more... um, I'm glad she put him in his place. Yeah, because he deserves it. Um, But then, you know, after that, we see, like, Aang continuing to show off to the girls in the village. And and then he asks, like, Katara to join them on a ride on Appa. He wants to show off to the girls. But, you know... Katara is much older, aka two years older, but you know, she's more mature and she doesn't have time to do that. She's getting supplies for everyone. She's, you know, trying to get ready for this trip to the North Pole, which is going to be far away. And Aang isn't like trying to leave anytime soon, but he has a world to save. I don't know what he's doing on this island, just hanging out. He's getting distracted. And she's yeah. like, she's like, I need your help collecting these supplies. And He's like, I really want to stay. And she calls him out. She's like, you said this isn't going to go to your head, but it obviously has. And it cuts to a little girl calling him Angie. And um, (laughs) she's like, look at that. Like, look at this. And Angie's like, you're just jealous. And this is like their first real fight, you know? And I think he really does like the attention of the girls, especially since like he's been fighting for Katara's attention earlier in the episode. And now he's getting it from these other girls really easily. Yeah. And can you really blame a 12 year old for like being so into the idea of all these girls all over him? You can't, you can't blame him. Angus basically Justin Bieber right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> who I watched live on Instagram recently, and he's really <laughs> he's a good singer. He does have some bops. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, um, but I'm still mad at him for all that he's done to Selena Gomez. I don't even love Selena Gomez, but it's just so apparent that he's a true jerk. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have a, a Katara like setting you straight. True. True. It was cute that Sokka apologizes, and I, that he's humble. Me, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's, that was sweet. I like how he's getting on his knees and he's like, I've been a jerk um, and asks for a lesson. That's a good way to say sorry. I feel like he obviously blatantly says sorry, but he gets on his knees and apologizes and asks for a lesson, Um, which Suki really likes that he did that. Yeah. Suki was very much like, you know, we, we don't train outsiders, especially men, but they'll make an exception for him. But he has to follow all the traditions. So we get to see Sokka wearing... Uh, dress uniform and the full out makeup. He feels super silly in a dress, but you know, there's a reason why they wear dresses. Suki goes into that in the episode. And so she, while she's like explaining the significance, and you can see like Sokka's, his mind is being changed. He's like, oh wow, like this isn't just a silly dress and makeup. Like this has a history and a purpose. And then Aang just sticks his head out and he feels good wearing that. But then Aang <laughs> head into the doorway and he's like, nice dress, Sokka. Like perfect comedic timing. I love it. Uh, I think it would be fun to kind of, if I had to fight someone, I feel like it would be fine to do it in a dress, like a long dress, not a short dress, obviously. But yeah, the silk and the material, I feel like free flowing. You kind of need some air down there. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, we see Sokka and Suki continue to train. And I love that they kind of showcase the different techniques of fighting during mm-hmm. this time. You know, Suki's talking about it's not about brute force. It's about using the force of the opponent against you. And I feel like that's that just seems like such a common way for men to fight. It's just brutal force yeah. pushing. But you adapt your fighting for different purposes based on the type of body type you have or person that you are. And it makes sense to use to be more cunning and use the force of the opponent against them and something that 
Suki also talks about is, you know, using the fan as an extension of yourself. And I thought that was something that is talked about later in the show. Sokka has another trainer in in another episode, and he says the same thing about, like, you need to use your weapons as an extension of yourself instead of using them as an added part Mm -hmm. of you, which I thought was really interesting. And I'm sure that's how a lot of real fighters in real life use their weapons as well. And it's, it's cool to have this much respect for warriors that aren't vendors. So I really like that. And when I was watching the episode, it reminded me of tarot because there's a card called strength. The drawing in that card is a woman and she's like taming this ferocious beast of a lion just by using this delicate, surprising strength. So it kind of like ties into that. So I, I really like these warriors. Yeah, um, super cool. I wish they would train me. Me too. I would love to fi- like use this kind of like dance sort of fighting. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, um, for sure. It cuts to Katara practicing waterbending in another room. And she's feeling bad about this fight that she's had with Aang. She's never fought with him before. Um, and so she's like playing with this water inside a bowl and just like, putting all her emotions into that. Aang comes in and he says that he's going to go ride the Unagi. Look at this. Like he's such a adrenaline junkie sometimes. <laughs> and he says it kind of like as bait to Katara. And you're like, oh my God, like you learn these like bad emotional relationship fighting techniques. Yeah. And honestly, this scene seems like such a scene that you'd have between a mother and her son. This is not a scene between future lovers. I'm just saying. No, is- I don't <laughs> I don't know. I think you kind of have these kind of fights too with like, you know, like I'm going to do something. Are you going to, are you going to make a move? She's like, you do what you want. I feel like I've had fights like that. I don't know. This seems like very like typical parent, like agree to disagree, but this seems mother and son like to me. (laughs) But you know, overall, this does showcase the kind of kinks they have in their dynamics. They probably haven't been together for very long. So they're just trying to learn each other and trying to see, you know, how each person fights and how each person feels and they're they're both pissed but neither of them like wants to secede or like you know neither wants to apologize and they're both being stubborn about it for sure that's for sure but then we see ang does go in the water to fight the unagi all his girls are waiting for the unagi to appear but the girls are getting bored and ang can't keep their attention even with that marble spinner thing that he has (laughs) so they just want to see him as a star. They don't really care yeah. when like things are just boring. So they true groupies. True, yeah, they, true they groupies. Are true groupies. That's the perfect word for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do see that Katara does come to watch Aang, which is sweet. And they they kind of work it out. They apologize to one another. You know, Katara showcases that she's very worried about Aang, and Aang didn't think that she cared, which was sad. But they apologize, and Aang admits that he's been a jerk and that it's gotten to his head but he's gonna try to be better which I love so cute yay I'm glad like everyone you know realizes their mistakes and so Katara like she accepts his apology and she tells him to swim back to shore but then the Unagi starts following him and we earlier in the episode we just saw these enormous fins but this creature is bigger than we expected it's like an enormous sea dragon and it also just looks angrier, like the elephant koi just looks so nice. <laughs> They're like yellow and orange, like very uh, fun colors. So you don't think it's like a threatening animal, but this one is dark and mean and has these weird um, whisker things. And it's not someone you want to play with for sure. But we end up seeing that Aang kind of getting attacked by this animal. 
but Katara runs to save him and she does some bending fortunately to get out of the way of him and they land on some rocks and that protects them yeah it's it's like a pretty dangerous situation and it's cool like Katara steps up and it's just yeah he's almost drowning and there's a ship coming in as well and it's a fire nation ship and Katara knows right away that it's Zuko because who else would it be yeah who else would it be he's hot on their trail yeah Zuko like exits the ship and he's like, you know, I want the Avatar alive. And I love these rhinos that they have. All these, yeah. like, I thought it was a hog at first, but then I remembered that Zuko mentions, get the rhinos ready to leave and things like that. They're so weird. They all climb out. They're coming into the island. Um, and Katara sees that Aang is like totally passed out. And this was cool. She does this water bending CPR and she kind of like gets him back to life. And it's just like water bending and like healing almost is tied together for her the way that yeah. she's been bending. And it, it's really great to see how much her waterbending skills have grown mm-hmm. since even the first episode. She couldn't get a fish out of the water in the first scene of Avatar, and now she's bending water out of humans. It's kind of great, and That's I wonder awesome. if maybe either Aang is helping her out or she's maybe just dedicating more time to learn about these types of bending skills. You know, she's not at home anymore. She has more yeah. time to actually practice these skills. Aang, like, when he wakes up, he's like, doesn't even, the only thing he says, he's like, don't ride the Unagi, not fun. (laughs) I just love that, that that's where his mind was. (laughs) I mean, that would be where my mind is too, especially. I don't think he realizes that, you know, the Fire Nation is here yet. He's just trying to survive and trying to wake up. But then after that, we see, we cut to a scene of Sokka and Suki training. There's a little tension between them. And then the chairman of the village, you know, runs out and says that, girls a fire nation arrived on our shores and Sokka's like um actually but then he just runs he's like it's not worth mentioning that I'm a boy (laughs) and like training's over he's got to fight now like things are getting real yeah that's for sure um and then I like how the Kyoshi warriors are kind of sneakily attacking Zuko and the fire nation warriors they don't come out straight up and they're like we're ready to fight Mm-hmm. You know, Suki was saying it's not about force, it's about understanding your opponent and using their force against them. So you see that showcase in their uh, fighting skills when the Fire Nation comes to their shores. The battle was fun and cool, and I'm really surprised how much the Kiyoshi like held up here because fighting against benders, I think it's hard. I almost look at it as like a bow and arrow versus a gun. You know, like you can be a really strong fighter and have a lot of strategy and strength, but like a bender, especially a firebender, is coming at you with this equipment that you don't have. Yeah, so you think like benders over are are inherently better fighters than non-benders? I don't know if they're better fighters or like stronger in a way. Like maybe a Kyoshi warrior has a lot more like natural agility and strength, but they're coming in with a different type of weapon. Like I think yeah, like that you can't beat kind of weapon. I do think it would be interesting to see a fight between maybe not a firebender because they can they have fire within them. But if you put a waterbender with no water around you and a non-bender in a fight, like who would win? Maybe yeah. it's it's probably going to be a reg- like a fighter. Like if you put Sokka, Gitara in a place together, no water, Sokka would win because he knows yeah. how to use his body in a different way. Um, a non-bender has less resources to work with, so they work on their strength, their agility, their mm-hmm. abilities, and things like that. So that was interesting and then also in the scene you know Zuko is able to fight off the Kyoshi warriors and he uses the same move <laughs> to defeat 
uh, Zhao. So maybe he like showcasing like vendors might have less fighting ability in a sense or less strategic. They're always just using fighting. Yeah. Hugo has this one move he always uses where he's swiping the Change leg in battle. <laughs> Changing I mean, it up. But it works. It's how he defeated both people. So maybe he doesn't need to change it up. It's clearly working. But I just thought it was funny that he used the same exact move. It kind of looked like he was breakdancing with fire, honestly. <laughs> I love it. But there's so much destruction. Oh, my God. Like, going from this yeah. happy, like, the happy village that we've seen in the past few minutes to, like, absolutely fire everywhere. And there is a mass destruction here. And yeah. Aang comes out. And he calls out to Zuko and he's like, hey, come over here. Like, let's fight. Like, like let's handle this now. Mm-hmm. You know, he flies away and he can see that destruction. I thought it was really sad to see Katara tell a little kid, like, hey, go inside, go inside. You, you know, like the fighting isn't just affecting the people who choose to fight. It's affecting older people, children, uh, people who don't want to get involved, which mm-hmm. makes it even sadder. And I think this is the episode where Aang realizes, like, where I go, there can be a lot of destruction. And he kind of realizes Katara's right. They do have to leave. They they can't stay in one place for very long or it could get destroyed. So Yeah, and just he feels guilty, you know, about this. And so he's talking to Katara and she's like, okay, let's get Appa. And while this is happening, um, Sokka and Suki are continuing to fight. And they have, like, a little bit of a romantic moment here, too, yeah. because, you know, Sokka admits that he was wrong. And they're like been fighting together. They have all this adrenaline. And he's like, I realized that you're a warrior. And then Suki kind of is like, I am a warrior, but I'm a girl too. And yeah. it was so cute. And she gives him like, like oh, it's so Sokka has got mad game. We'll he see does some have of game. girls he pulls later, but man, he's got some game. <laughs> Such a cute scene. Like, I think really it's cute. hard to do the Katara Ang romance is because they feel really young. It feels like a puppy dog crush. Yeah, no, and I think that's kind of the way they're portraying it, too, because I don't think Katara really feels those feelings for Aang the way Aang feels those feelings for her. Clearly, you know, she's not giving him the time of day. And when she's 14 and he's 12, like, if you're 14, you're not going to have a crush on a 12-year-old. 12-year-old. A 12-year-old will have a crush on a 14-year-old, though. Definitely. Yeah, they round up the gang. Um, and they get back on Appa, but Zuko and his army kind of leave Kyoshi Island to follow Aang, but they've left so much destruction, and Aang just feels super guilty about it. Katara kind of reassures him that they, they did, did the right thing about leaving, but, you know, it's still unsettling for Aang, so Aang pulls a baller move, probably. I love Katara, this. <laughs> and I he jumps it. off Appa. I love it. And, you know, he said earlier, he was like, don't ride the Unagi, but because he knows he has a duty, he uses the Unagi to as a water hose to stop the fires in the town. Um, just thought that was really awesome. And he's, you know, facing his fears, even though yeah. he didn't want to ride the Unagi, he did it to save the, the village. And as they fly away, you see the chairman looking at him in the sky and going, thank you, Avatar. And that was just such a sweet scene of the Avatar coming into his role as an Avatar to save other people and help other people. Um, and Katara was pretty impressed with that. And she hugs him and, you know, Aang's like, ooh, maybe she likes me. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, I loved how the plotting of this episode comes together. Like the stuff between like the misogyny that comes in and everyone learning their lessons, the tensions between like male and female. Um, mm-hmm. And then also like how the Unagi ends up playing this larger role in the episode and comes in at the end to just be used as this 
fireman hose, you know? So yeah. it's just a really beautifully plotted episode. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it definitely didn't move the plot forward, but I think that's okay. You need those, you need those rests within the show mm-hmm. to allow you to understand the world, understand the characters. And overall, I thought it was a really good episode. I, w- I want to say something about Sokka, though, because, you know, he comes off as misogynistic, but he's not stubborn. Like, he's not okay with saying he's wrong and that's probably more important it's okay to change your mind it's okay not to be set in your ways because especially when you're traveling the world you know yeah you're gonna learn new things and you're gonna grow so it's nice to see that Sokka doesn't stay in those ways and And I I like that part of his character like he's always learning like and he's always willing to change his perspective and he's like gives it he gives it a shot even if he's like has his biases when he comes into a situation. He, yeah. he wears a dress, you know? Like, he's <laughs> willing to do that, even though earlier he's like, men hunt and fish and all that stuff. So it's nice to see him change his perspective. And obviously we see Aang and Katara grow in their friendship as well. So overall, great episode. Yeah, I agree. I'm also giving it a four. Um, enjoyable, fun, like, builds the world. We get to see these animals. Yeah. Um, it was nice to just, like, be introduced to, like, the texture of the rest of the Avatar kingdom. Yeah. Um, so overall, fun episode, and yeah. I'm excited about episode five. Yeah, I give it a four out of five, too. Just, I think I would give it a higher ranking if it moved the plot forward, but it's okay that it doesn't, and it's okay to have a four out of five episode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, till next time. Well, Until next time. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram um, at only the Avatar Podcast with uh, it has what are underscores. Those? We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in yes. the show notes and leave a comment, share, <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. So, talk to you later. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye.